I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Rule the World, the ultimate power of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us as humans, and for brands, it is no different. A well-told story can effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience and can convert thoughts and feelings into results and revenue. On this show, we dive into the unique and recurring principles of world-class storytellers from every walk of life to help you level up your storytelling skills and knowledge to drive real, measurable results for you and your organization. Here's your host, Paul Furlong. Hello and welcome to Rule the World, the art and power of storytelling. My name is Paul Fellon, Creative Director at Opus Media, and I imagine that you're listening to this podcast because you know the power of storytelling. I want you to bring that power to your own writing with Roger Shulman at thewritercoach.com. Roger's unique coaching method connects your personal story to whatever you're writing, giving it heart and depth. The result is that your presentation, website, copy, keynote address or screenplay becomes compelling, entertaining and persuasive. Roger is the winner of a British Academy Award and nominee for the Oscar and the Emmy. So go to thewritercoach.com and schedule a free discovery session. Let Roger bring the Hollywood to your writing. Today's guest is Russ Hope, Managing Director of Plain Selling. Russ helps businesses to explore new income streams and achieve huge growth through implementation of smart and simple sales methodology. Russ is brilliant at engaging with prospects correctly and working in partnership with clients, creating a situation where cold, cold prospects will be glad that they've picked up the phone to someone representing your company. So Russ, welcome to the show. Hello, Paul. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about uh, who you are and what it is that you spend your days doing? Yeah, so um, uh, I... I spend my days obsessing about sales and selling um, all manners of selling to people, whether it's over the phone, face-to-face, using a whiteboard, in a coffee shop, in a pub, every opportunity to articulate your products and services. Um, And I've been working for myself since 2012. Uh, Prior to that, I worked um, for... 
the best part of 10 years uh, within the very fast growth world of enterprise software sales. And that's where I, uh, I learned my craft in selling. Um, and for all intents and purposes, if there's any uh, football fans on the on the uh, on the listening um, listening line of the podcast today, then um, uh, yeah, it was effectively the class of '92 um, in the world of selling. So it was a it was a baptism of fire. Uh, it was a fast roller coaster of learning how to sell correctly. Um, but I picked up some very smart skills, and I now have the privilege of. Um, have been able to impart those skills to the world of the SME. Uh, so I help business owners and salespeople around the world to become better salespeople and to sell more effectively. So why are stories important when it comes to selling? Uh, really, really good question. Um, I think it's a number of different reasons. Um, the first one is it's easier to remember. So if you if you uh, have a great story and you get used to telling it on a regular basis, it's like any kind of story. We all remember stories from when we were children. So going back right early on in our in our lives, if we were told a great story when we were younger, it stays with you for life. Um, you might have read a great story that stays with you forever. Um, the, the whole experience of that story stays there. Um, for salespeople, stories make often make it a lot easier to articulate value to a prospect or to uh, to a customer. So whether you're selling from a from a cold standpoint or whether you're upselling to an existing customer, a story creates a, a fantastic, compelling background to uh, to discovering more about a product or service. That's the first reason it makes it memorable, and uh, you know it's easier for people to put passion into it. The second reason why stories uh, are important in sales and selling is um, it can often level the playing field a little bit. So I often use the example of technology sales because quite often salespeople in the world of technology um, are less technical than what their colleagues might be. So it's their job to go and find an opportunity with prospects so they have an understanding of the technology uh, and I personally was in that world for, for 10 years in a, in a pioneering software company. That software company, by the way, is, uh, was called AppSense. It's now part of uh, Ivanti, a global software enterprise. Um, and at the time, we were educating the world of technology uh, in the smart pioneering technology that we were, uh, we were developing in, um, in Daresbury, in Warrington. Um, so stories held a, a very important part, a very important role in helping to articulate that pioneering technology to even the most technical of, uh, of customers. Because it was so pioneering, some of these technical leaders within businesses, uh, blue chip companies, some of these technical leaders, even they didn't understand what the technology was doing. So we needed to level the playing field a little bit in, in that example. Um, and that applies to lots of technology situations and other other industries as well. And so when it comes to you selling, um, how can you put that storytelling into practice? How does it help you um, sell better? Yeah. So what, what I quite often do, if you think about, um, uh, so 
we we've discussed a number of times, haven't we? Uh, customer testimonials, as mm. an example, um, uh, customer testimonials are some of the best stories you can tell because it does one of a few things. Um, it actually puts together uh, a, a customer that's already experiencing value from your product or service, right? And it's packaging it up in a story that is there for a prospect to understand somebody else that might be very similar to them. They might be in the similar industry. They might have experienced the same kind of issues previously that they're trying to solve. Um, but it's very important for the salesperson to get that story correct. Because if we're not telling the right elements of the story, then the uh, the prospect is going they're going to lose their, their attention on it. So stories are particularly important to salespeople and the structure of a story. I'll take two, two ways of answering that. For a customer testimonial, which we agree is a fantastic story, what I often encourage is three different things. Now, uh, I, I was a little story behind this. Uh, I was drawing this up on a whiteboard for one of my customers, a customer called The Binary Box. Um, and I drew it up on the board and I drew a clock and I drew a coin with a pound sign in it. They were side by side. Underneath it, I drew a V for value. And I turned around to the team and they were watching me and I said, what's that? And they said, it looks like an owl. So therefore, the mnemonic for this structure is now called the sales owl. So what we're going to talk about when we're talking about customer testimonials is we're going to talk about what kind of savings have we made that customer? What kind of value have we delivered? And how long have we worked with them for? So it might be that we talk about the length of time that we've delivered a particular project. It may be that we talk about how long we've worked with them in total. So we're building a very clear story with three main components there of time, money, and value to a prospective customer for them to understand how can I identify what am I looking for in this customer example that makes me feel like that prospect from five years ago when they converted to a customer, why am I like them? Because Dale Carnegie, in his famous book from the uh, late 70s, mid-70s of how to win friends and influence people, coined the phrase of people like people like themselves. So when we're telling a story about a customer testimonial, it's important to find that match with the person that you're talking to. So that's how to structure a customer testimonial. That's how I encourage salespeople to, to picture that in their mind. The second way that salespeople um, often use uh, storytelling is by using analogies. So the example that I gave before of technology sales, uh, we to great effect, used uh, transportation as an analogy for traffic over a wide area network or, or over a, a terminal server environment. So we quite quickly got into the habit of telling a story around that traffic, around bandwidth, around networks. In IT. We'll go too technical on it because there might be less technical people listening. But the analogy around traffic and cars trying to get from one point to the next in a certain time or in a certain level of safety came in very handy when we just started to get into a conversation with a, with a particular prospect. 
it often got to the point of where the prospect would start to ask questions about how the technology applies to that. That's when you know you've used the story to create a decent level of you know, rapport and a level playing ground. So there's an understanding to build on from there. So customer testimonials, how to build them using the uh, three components of time, money and value. And then analogies and understanding how analogies can help you describe something through a story and telling the story and simplifying it and leveling the playing field. How do you find the, the right analogy? Because sometimes analogies can be way off, can't they? Sometimes you can pick an analogy and then as soon as you start to kind of extrapolate the analogy, it starts to fall apart. So is there a certain element of preparation that you put in? How, how do you work out that analogy? Does it just come to mind? Is there, is there, how do you find it? I'm sort of laughing because there's, a, there's been a whole bunch of analogies where um, I've started an analogy in my mind's eye. And sometimes I will just articulate it and I'll start to take it down a route. It's not very often I'll do that face-to-face with a prospect, but I'll often have a scenario like this. Like, well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll contact one of my trusted advisors, one of my uh, networks, one of my peers in my network, and I'll just bounce something off one of my peers. Let me just run this analogy by you. Uh, and it, it's kind of like a sparring session where you get smashed in the face a few times. <laughs> This, this probably works for you, you know, being uh, being familiar with martial arts yourself, Paul. Um, having that sparring session means that it's trial and error. Sometimes analogies don't work. And actually, if you're fortunate enough to have sales colleagues around you, then you've got all your sparring partners with you around your desk, on your Skype call, um, on the end of your mobile, whatever it is, just practice it. Sometimes it won't work. But there is a formula around it, uh, which I'll share with you very briefly. Um, and that's related to um, the, uh, the common ground that you're trying to find. Now, the reason why the transportation one works very nicely is because most people have, have either driven or been driven from one point to the next. Most people, especially in the westernized world, have been on a motorway. Most people understand so if you're trying to use a story to create a common ground, it's good to start on something that's common across everybody. What you have to be careful of, actually, um, is sometimes if you tell the story and use the wrong analogy, sometimes it can alienate the conversation. So I'll give you an example. Sport. Sport polarizes the room sometimes. So, you know, don't always assume that if you're in a room full of men, that the men, if they're from Manchester, either support Manchester United or Manchester City, and they're fanatical about football. Because it's not a given fact that every man loves football. (laughs) So if you're going to have a football analogy, that's cool. Just kind of figure out, are these people into football? Because actually, if you start talking about football, it might switch them off straight away. They might roll their eyes. They might actually not listen to you. For, you know, the next 20 minutes that you're talking about this football analogy that you've been practicing with your colleagues for the last... Do you catch where I'm coming from? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of... There is a formula, but it's practice. And the key thing is making sure that the audience are receptive to that common ground. So, yeah, just a couple of tips there. But even there, you you were straight into an analogy with the sparring. So you're so well practiced with it. Uh, You clearly think visually. 
So it's very easy for you to get into it. It's, um, it's obviously going to take time for people to develop this habit of thinking visually, finding the analogy. Well, so that's, that's a really good point. So I, I'm not a natural visual thinker. I've practiced over time to become more visually aligned. I'm actually uh, really comfortable in scenarios where I'm having conversations, which is why I like music so much. It's, like, it's why I like speaking to people on the phone. It's why I listen very carefully to what people are saying. It's why I'm quite skilled at picking up particular tones and particular bits of language. I obsess about what I'm hearing. However, to round your mind a little bit and to get more visually minded, I do things like mind mapping. So what I'm doing is I'm taking my auditory senses and listening, but I'm putting it into a visual format. So it's I guess give my whole brain a workout <laughs> if, if I'm sort of using that uh, uh, that sort of fitness analogy with the brain, I suppose. So how do you know when to tell a story? How do you get to the point of when the story is relevant, when the analogy is relevant or the testimonial is relevant? Well, if I use an example of uh, a prospect call, some people call it cold calling. Uh, personally, I don't like the term cold calling because – I believe that if you're cold calling, then actually you've not really done any kind of uh, homework prior to that call. So you actually don't know whether there's going to be a fit to the person you're speaking to. Uh, but if you're in a prospect call and you've asked permission, so you've gone into a phone call and you've said, hi, Mr. Prospect, uh, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I'd love to share a little bit about this and help you to understand a little bit about our successes so that you can share with us and help us discover what you're trying to achieve in your business. How about we explore that for a few minutes? The customer then says, yes, that's fine. Thank you very much, Mr. Customer. You've then discovered a, a very early stage of rapport building. What we start to do is we start to ask questions. Now, depending on what kind of answers we get back from a customer, we might get certain types of language. We might get an understanding that they are quite visual. They might be very... Uh, uh, very auditory aligned. They might be very um, sort of decisive as business owners. They might have uh, been very in touch with their feelings associated to deciding and moving in the direction of doing things. It helps you structure your storytelling around what their receptors are waiting to receive. So it's not always suitable to use a sport sporting analogy. It's not always suitable to use an automotive analogy or a transport analogy, but you will find that you'll have in your kit bag when you've practiced it in your little uh, mini sparring sessions, you'll, you'll have a collection of stories that you could use in different scenarios. Um, and it, it's not really something that you can just switch on straight away to know whether it's right to use a story. All I'd say is just practice it. Quite often when you've got a decent level of rapport with someone either face-to-face -face or on the phone or, uh, you know, uh, over selling over video or whatever it is on, the, you know, a web share, whatever it is you're doing, uh, quite often you'll start to get a feeling for when you've got rapport. Now, there are skills to test rapport. You can come on to that another time if you want to. Um, but you'll get a feeling for whether you've got rapport with someone. If you've got rapport with someone, more often than not, you can get away with saying anything <laughs> until that rapport gets broken. The time when the rapport breaks 
is when you've maybe not delivered on what your expectations are that you've set with the customer. So, you know, as long as we're honest, using integrity, we're selling our uh, product and service with the right intentions to the customer, there's no reason why your deliveries won't be completed on. So therefore, when you build rapport, the rapport should continue to build and continue to build onto the future. You should have a long-lasting long relationship. The more and more rapport that you have and the stronger that rapport becomes, you can pretty much test anything out on your prospects and your customers. And you might choose to tell your prospects and customers, probably more likely your customers already, that you're, uh, that you're going to road test an analogy or a pitch to them. Uh, and people, people like to give advice to other people. They like to help people out. As long as you, you've got that relationship, you can't just ask anyone. <laughs> you know? So I, I think that kind of answered your question. I hope yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah, it did. Thank you. So, um, so what mistakes have you seen salespeople make when they've been telling stories? So I've mentioned about the, uh, the uh, receptiveness of a prospect and whether it's the right type of story to tell. I do find that in our own minds, we convince ourselves that we're telling a story in the right way. So therefore, everyone's going to receive it in the best way that you think it can be received in your own mind. Um, so that's about making sure that the customer is understanding, but rather than just pitching at the customer. Um, so I've got the advantage right now, if it's all right for me to say, that we're on a video podcast um, and that you're taking the audio from this and, and using it for the podcast. But I know on the video podcast that you're nodding, you're verbally agreeing with things that I'm mm. saying. Uh, every now and again, you'll do that audibly like you just did then because yep. I made you conscious of it. Yep. But if you're on the phone with somebody, you don't have the luxury of seeing them face to face. You just want to check in with them every now and again. Am I explaining this correctly, Paul? Is this answering your question? Are we all good? Is everyone happy? You know, Use your own colloquialism to just check in with the listener of the story that they're okay with it. If you've got someone in the example that I gave before that's very technical and they're sat at the other end of the, uh, uh, other end of the table other than the phone and they're listening to a story about getting from A to B in a car down a motorway, you could potentially have them thinking, I'm having my time wasted here. So if you check in with them early enough and you think they might be technical enough to understand this and check in with them and say, am I, am I painting the picture for you right here, Paul? Am I setting the scene? Are you hearing the types of things you want? So you, you're kind of touching on all the senses, but then it's given the opportunity for the customer to the prospect to say, actually, Ross, how does this apply to me? You can then level it with a more technical line in because you've got their interest, you've hooked them in, and the story's done the job. You can ditch the story then. Let it go. You don't have to tell the story right to the end. Everyone knows the good part of the story. I think, you know, going back to childhood stories, we were probably told stories as uh, bedtime stories when we were kids, where it was a story for like two and a half minutes. I, as an example, I told the story of Back to the Future to my daughter, the other night when she said uh, she wanted to hear a new story. 
And I, I couldn't think of a story to go for, so I went for a film. <laughs> so, you know, Doc, Doc and Marty and Einstein made it into the bedtime story. <laughs> so, but, but obviously I didn't tell the story and it didn't last for an hour and 45 minutes. I just chopped it up and, uh, you know, my, my daughter enjoyed it and, and asked for part two the next night. <laughs> so, Brilliant. So I'm aware of time, Russ, so I've just got a couple of uh, quick-fire questions to ask you, if that's all right. So who do you think of when you hear the word story, and why do you think of them? Right, so that, yeah, it goes back very early stages to my childhood, I'd say. Um, so some of the best authors that I've read, um, uh, you know, when I was younger, might sound fairly cliche, but someone like a Roald Dahl, uh, my kids read Roald Dahl now. Uh, I've just been recently reading David Walliams to my daughter. And David Walliams use, uses Quentin Blake to illustrate his stories. And Roald Dahl used Quentin Blake to illustrate his stories quite a lot of the time. And I think it's just having a very simplistic but also descriptive approach to telling a story making it memorable, thinking about the colours, thinking about the sounds, thinking about, you know, how, how is this person going to receive this story? How are they going to remember it? And, uh, you know, it's no surprise that those authors are, are selling books, like, uh, you know, continuously. Uh, they're flying off the shelves. Um, but I do think about a lot of storytellers. But then I really like reading business books, uh, so stories about uh, business success. And I like the real-worldiness of those stories. Uh, I also uh, I also like to hear stories. I, I, I'm very much into music. So I like to hear stories from the musicians. Um, but when it comes down to storytelling um, and, and business storytelling, there's a, a fantastic author called Mark, Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard of Malcolm. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant storyteller. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a very intelligent man as well, and he really he has fantastic uh, ability to link in personal and business challenges into sports, into music, into into everything you can possibly think will be interesting to the reader of his story. So I think, yeah. I think about those types of people when I think about storytelling. And then uh, a bit of a nod of the cap to um, so, some of my colleagues from the world of software. Um, uh, uh, our managing director in Absence was an amazing constructor of analogies and storyteller, very visually aligned as well. Uh, Tony, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, a lot of the learnings came from from you and the ability to be able to tell a great story and to construct a fantastic analogy. Um, so yeah, some of my, some of my peers and some of my colleagues. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. And can you recommend any good books or websites, blogs, podcasts about storytelling, particularly in the sphere of sales? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, as, uh, Malcolm Gladwell I've just mentioned, uh, there's a fantastic book called outliers. Uh, I was recommended uh, that by the chairman of Absence. We were at the, uh, the upward trajectory of our growth. Bearing in mind, we grew from 30 people to 600 in 10 years. Rapid growth. Um, 
Uh, and he recommended that. I grabbed it straight away, uh, read that book, and it's very motivational. Um, so, uh, yeah, I could recommend uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. And you know what? I've got a list of books that I could recommend um, that I've read over the years. There's a fantastic story behind finance and financial freedom and business and commerce called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's an excellent book. If you've not read that, definitely worth looking that one up. Um, a recent one um, that I've read about the story of using LinkedIn to great success, something that I'm I'm still perfecting my use of LinkedIn. Uh, there's a book called uh, LinkedIn Riches called, uh, by an author called John Nemo. It's actually an audio book. Do you, do you listen to audio books, Paul? I do. Yeah. Uh, my, my car is a university on wheels. Yeah. So, I mean, as we are on this podcast, uh, audio books are very, uh, very popular. LinkedIn Richards by John Nemo's two hours, 20 minutes. And it's a very simple, simplified approach to, uh, uh, you know, to helping you with LinkedIn. But he tells a fantastic story, links it into a lot of 80s. He actually mentions Back to the Future in his book as well, but um, links it into a lot of, uh, personal references, uh, yeah, it's a great book. So yeah, there's a few few hints there. Brilliant. And finally, Russ, where can we find out more about you? Where can we find you online? You find me on LinkedIn. There you. That, that sort of works, doesn't it? Yeah. You find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I've also got. Uh, I did this for fun. Uh, I uh, told my story of selling and sales whilst I was riding a bike. Um, and I, I did it in a, a series of video. Uh, podcasts uh, it's uh, you know it's me on an iPhone so it's not high production video I'll just get that in there but the audio is not bad uh, there's a bit of wind noise in there you can find that if you're into cycling you want to hear more about sales it's uh, vimeo.com forward slash silrab so sales is like riding a bike silrab fantastic we shall look that up and uh, really appreciate you coming on today, Russ. Uh, thanks for taking the time to come and talk to us. And perhaps we will have you on again to talk a bit about rapport building and how not to break rapport. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to help out with that. Thanks very much for having me, Paul. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Russ. You have a good day. And we'll look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for this episode of All the World. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show and visit weareopusmedia.com for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you develop your storytelling abilities. That's weareopusmedia.com. Thank you and see you next time.